A new king, and in just a few days, a queen will be laid to rest. A queen who trained as a leader in the Second World War, and for 70 years reigned, never forgetting to publicly proclaim her faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for Elizabeth II. A strange turn of events that led Elizabeth to become the Queen of England. It was her uncle's abdication leading into World War II that led to Elizabeth's reign on the throne. For the final days of last week leading to Thursday afternoon and her passing, the end was in sight. The morning of her death, two of her children, now King Charles and Princess Anne, arrived at her bedside. In the afternoon, Prince Andrew and Prince Edward arrived to offer comfort. All the problems this family has faced in recent years like marriages dissolving. But through a changing world, this queen used her position to serve Jesus Christ first and foremost. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program called Royal Faith. When the United Kingdom learned that the queen had died on Thursday evening, the BBC aired a minute of silence along with the nation's national anthem. One verse especially is a hymn. God save the Queen. Music was important to Queen Elizabeth, especially hymns. Hymns giving glory to God and recognizing her Savior, Christ Jesus. On the line with us from London is Michael Andrews. He's the senior minister of music at All Souls Church, just a few blocks from Buckingham Palace, a church where John Stott pastored for many decades, a church where Billy Graham always attended when he was passing through. Michael, first of all, it must be sad for you to think of Queen Elizabeth going home to be with the Lord. Would you mind telling us a bit about what you're feeling and what your church service was like yesterday? Oh, well, Charles, it's great to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's such sad news that the Queen has passed away. Um, I think a lot of us over here knew that uh, this day was coming, but uh, it it really has uh, hit a lot of us emotionally here. I was leading a choir practice last Thursday uh, when we heard the news and uh, Afterwards, after leading a Bible study on Philippians 2, which I quickly changed to, um, I went to Buckingham Palace and, and paid my respects. And uh, yeah, the, the Queen has meant a lot to, to, to lots of us and particularly uh, those of us with a faith because of her witness. And so we did change quite a, quite a bit of our Sunday service uh, on Sunday morning, just gone. Um, we completely changed all of the music on Friday afternoon at the end of the week. We changed all the songs and we put a few of the Queen's favourite hymns in because the wonderful thing is we know which hymns she loved to sing. Um, she was invested in church services whenever the royal family had a, a wedding or a celebration. And we know that one of her favourite hymns was Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven. Um, that wonderful line of being ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Um, just such a fantastic hymn that she loved. And uh, the Lord is my shepherd. And and actually one of her favourite hymns, I think, was All My Hope on God is Founded, which started the service at St. Paul's Cathedral on Friday evening. 
Um, I love this second verse, especially given all of the talk of royalty and monarchy. The fact that this is one of her favorite hymns is just wonderful. This is verse two of All My Hope on God is Founded. Pride of man and earthly glory, sword and crown betray his trust. What with care and toil he buildeth, tower and temple fall to dust. But God's power, hour by hour, is my temple and my tower. Just wonderful words and a great reminder that, you know, actually, with all of that pomp, with all of that ceremony, with all of the uh, trappings of state that she would have enjoyed, all of her hope on God was founded. And at the end of the day, you know, when you wear a wonderful big crown and, and you've had that amazing coronation and 70 years of meeting so many presidents and world leaders, you don't leave with any of that. All you leave this earth with is your hope and your trust in the Lord Jesus. And she really got that. And so um, on Sunday morning, we just celebrated and gave thanks for her life. And we gave thanks for the saviour that she trusted and believed in and the hope that she and we have because of Jesus. Michael Andrews in London, not far from Buckingham Palace. I think we need to hear that hymn that you mentioned, that the Queen loved so very much. Do you mind introducing it to us? Yeah, I'd love to introduce the next uh, piece, um, uh, Charles. So this is Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, and it's the Queen's, it was the Queen's favourite hymn, and it's played by the All Souls Orchestra in the heart of London at the Royal Albert Hall. My Soul, the King of Heaven, from the All Souls Orchestra and Choir at Royal Albert Hall in London. Back on the line with us in London, Michael Andrews from All Souls Church, Langham Place, right next door to the BBC. 
Michael, so many from around the world are mourning the death of the Queen, but we've heard from a few who have criticized her and her family. And in particular, they wonder how the Queen could really have been a follower of Jesus. Yeah, that, that's that, that's a great question, Charles, and I, I, I totally get where where people are coming from when they ask that. Um, but I think the thing is, you, you have to listen to the things she said over many years. Uh, her faithful witness uh, through many Christmas speeches on Christmas Day o- over here in the UK, and in, indeed I know it's played throughout the Commonwealth, um, uh, the Queen gives a Christmas speech and... Uh, you know, when I watch BBC One um, on on Christmas Day, there's very little about the gospel at all. You can even watch sometimes a whole carol service from somewhere in the UK and the gospel is not clearly presented. But you can always trust that the Queen will find some amazing way to reference Jesus so clearly and to invite people to come to know him. About 10 years ago, she she referenced uh, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and she did it so wonderfully. She she finished her speech by saying this, in the last verse of this beautiful carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, there's a prayer. O Holy Child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. And it's my prayer that on this Christmas day, we might all find room in our lives for the message of the angels and for the love of God through Christ our Lord. She she had a genuine faith and, and, and I think actually even in the way that she um, demonstrated her relationships with world leaders and the people that she met, she demonstrated self-sacrificial love. I think one of the most poignant moments was uh, when, uh, in a visit to Northern Ireland, the Queen, with a beaming smile, shook hands with Sinn Féin, uh, the Irish nationalist leader, Martin McGuinness. Uh, uh, and uh, actually, you know, uh, the Prince Philip, her husband, um, his uncle, Earl Mountbatten, had been assassinated by the IRA. And so the whole of the politics in Northern Ireland and in Ireland was very personal to her. And regardless of, you know, how, how you perceive the politics in Ireland, uh, the reality is the Queen was there to show this wonderful example of reconciliation. And, and, and the the reality on the ground that nationalists and unionists uh, needed to reconcile, needed to work together, needed to come side by side. And she did that so wonderfully. And there's lots of examples like that of just uh, forgiveness being at the heart of her life. Um, She once said this, forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families, it can restore friendships, and it can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. So we'll miss her dearly, and uh, we'll particularly miss her, uh, those of us who have a faith in the, in the UK, um, who, who really valued having a head of state who so clearly talked about Jesus on every occasion where she could. Michael Andrews, Senior Minister of Music at All Souls Church in London. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Thank you for having me, Charles. You're listening to Haven Today, and we're reflecting about the royal faith of Queen Elizabeth II. She died this past Thursday. On the weekend, we spoke again with the author of a special book that looked at the 70-year legacy of this queen's historic reign. Catherine Butcher lives just south of London in Brighton, and we asked her to share what inspired her to write her book called Our Faithful Queen. I came across this little book of private devotions that the Queen had been given. It's a little plain black leather bound book. I found that in the Lambeth Palace Library. And this is a book that was given to the Queen. There are only a a dozen or so copies in the world. And it was particularly written for her to prepare her for her coronation. So it includes daily devotions, Bible readings, prayers and devotional thoughts that explained the ceremony that she was going to take part in. And I thought that this is something nobody knows about. Nobody has realized that the Queen has this devotion, um, this devotional resource given to her to prepare her for the for the coronation. So I thought, well, let's bring it to life for people. Now it's in very old English and it's a very plain little book. So um, I wanted to make sure it was very visual and I wanted to choose the language carefully and in some places to update that language so it wasn't thee and thou, but it was much more contemporary. So I took the essential parts of that devotional book, which focused on the anointing, the crowning, and the role of um, the role of the coronation to prepare the queen to be someone who is a servant of God. Because a lot of people think that the crowning is some civic ceremony, that, but they don't realise it takes place in a, in a church. It's part of a communion service. And the first thing the queen does when she walks down the aisle, she goes straight past the throne and she kneels at the altar and has a few minutes in private prayer to God. And then the ceremony begins. So that was something that the queen that that demonstrated the nature of the queen's whole reign someone who would kneel before her the king of kings before anybody kneeled before her so i wanted to try and express that in in words and in pictures so that people could begin to understand the central role of the queen's christian faith the author of our faithful queen catherine butcher after the program i want to share catherine's book with you for your gift to this ministry The book is full of colorful photos, devotions written by the Queen, as you just heard, and remarkable stories of her faith in Christ Jesus, as she served both him as well as her nation. I believe this book will inspire you as you look through and read it. So after the program, you can call us. You can make your gift to this listener-supported ministry. The number is 800-65-HAVEN. 865 Haven, or go to our website. There's a preview of the book there and see how beautiful it really is. And then you can also make your gift and order a copy or multiple copies at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. It's a big change for the people of the UK. Most of them alive have only ever known one queen on the throne. 70 years is a very long time after all. I saw a particularly moving video of a taxi driver in London. And this looked like the kind of guy who would walk down a dark alley in the dead of night and be fine. A tough guy's tough guy. But he began to tear up when he talked about his queen, Queen Elizabeth. 
He said she was the only real constant for Britain in uncertain times. So how was she such a constant? How could she find the strength to fulfill her duties decade after decade through the Cold War, economic troubles, terrorism, and any number of other problems, like the one Michael Andrews mentioned to us a moment ago in Ireland and Northern Ireland? Well, the simple answer is that Elizabeth had faith in Jesus Christ. One of the pastors who interacted with her regularly said he was always surprised by how well she knew the gospel of Jesus and how interested she was in spiritual matters. And we know by her own profession that Elizabeth died trusting in Christ. She had faith in her Savior. And the wonderful thing is that royal faith doesn't count more or less than any other faith. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Scripture tells us. We are all equals when it comes to that. Even the richest or most powerful person in the world can only escape judgment through faith in Jesus. And so, in a very real sense, when the queen left this life, she was actually receiving a promotion. What do we read in 2 Timothy 2.12? If we endure, we will also reign with him. Reigning with King Jesus. What a thought. As you and I watch the news coverage from across the pond and see the reaction of the British public, maybe we can understand how the people of Israel felt when the king died. Good kings, but also bad kings. They were born, crowned, reigned, and died, one after another. And even the best ones were not the Messiah the people were longing for. And so they kept going longing for the fulfillment of God's promises, but still struggling through life. I can't speak for you, but I can sympathize with them. Disease, death, war, suffering, mourning, broken relationships, the list goes on and on. We could all add the sad things that have happened to us in our own lives, and it has been this way ever since Eve reached for that forbidden fruit in the garden. We are sinful people surrounded by other sinful people. And the planet on which we live is a fallen planet, full of pain, full of tears. So will this be how it always is? Will we always have to keep our heads down, hiding from the next round of trouble coming our way? Will the trials and tribulations of life always be with us? I have an emphatic answer for that, and the answer is no. Our Lord tells us something different in his word. Listen to wonderful promises from Isaiah 6. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. And the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. And why? Will these wonderful things happen? Well, because of verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Why is Jesus called the root of Jesse? Because he's a descendant of King David. He is the king Israel always longed for. He is the king you and I need today, the one ruling in the heavens even now, the one who will be returning soon, we pray, for us. 
And that's what we're waiting for. The return of the King of Kings. Oh, we already came to earth once. Jesus lived and died and rose again for his people. But he's coming back. And when he does come back, evil will have its last day. Suffering will be banished. And the final enemy to be defeated will be death, we're told. First Corinthians 15 tells us that. That's what we're waiting for. You and I, if we know Jesus. Everyone who trusts in Jesus, from Elizabeth II down to the lowest beggar, we all will be resurrected. That's what Paul tells us. As with the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. We're already citizens of this everlasting kingdom, you and I, in Jesus Christ. And we have been ever since we first trusted in him, this King of Kings. One day our bodies will be raised and glorified. No more sin, no more weakness, nor pain, no more death. So even now, when we keep living our sometimes painful lives, we can take care. We can have hope. Left to ourselves, we would really have no hope. This fallen life would be the best that we could ever imagine. We would be sure that trouble would always follow, and true peace would never arrive. But the one who created all things has promised us rest. After all, he is the one who wrote the greatest story ever told, the one that's all about Jesus. And he has already told us the end. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That is the promise of Isaiah 6. That's the kingdom Jesus will rule in the future a place of peace as well as prosperity, and most importantly, glory and holiness, a realm with no pain, nor pain nor curse forever. Won't you even today trust in this King?
the Westminster Choir, the King of Love, my shepherd is. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. This queen who just passed served in World War II. Winston Churchill was her very first prime minister. She reigned for a very long time, but her legacy was simple. I serve the King of Kings because he first served me. And that theme is loud and clear when you read Catherine Butcher's book, A Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service, filled with photos, rarely seen prayers written by Elizabeth. The book points to her vibrant faith in Jesus Christ. You'll be blessed to read through this glossy covered book and to think back on her life and be encouraged. It'll inspire you. Call us right now. Our number to call, 800 65 Haven. 865 Haven. If you'd like to order more than one copy, ask about that when you call our number. Or look at some of the sample pages from a faithful queen. See for yourself the pages laid out, and then make your gift and place your order at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you wanted to last week but didn't get to, for your gift to the ministry, we still have the paperback book or the audiobook of A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, But a Great War, How Tolkien and Lewis Rediscovered Faith, Friendship, and Heroism in the First World War. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? When again together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's enough to make any parent break out in hives. You're at a friend's house for dinner, and one of your kids looks at her plate and says, Daddy, this is gross. Now, if I had said that out loud, it would have been inexcusable, but kids don't know any better. Here's my point. As people grow up, they're more capable of exercising good judgment. And the same when it comes to growing to maturity in Christ. So when you're tempted to judge the shortcomings of another, consider Romans 14.4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. And that's true in your own path to maturity in Christ. Try at Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.